millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got an interesting story of someone being told to turn their webcam on. But first, a story from KRLW890, give a biography on this person who, by the way, doesn't exist. This happened long enough ago in college that I feel okay sharing it now. A little while ago, I was taking this one ethics course that was required for my major, and it had the most insufferable professor. First of all, it was a college ethics course, so there's your first red flag right there. Secondly, it was only taught by one professor who used his own textbook for the course. For the first half of the semester, I thought he was a bit of a pain, but tolerable. It helped that my expectations were low. Then the midterm came up. It was an online course, so we were allowed and expected to use notes in the internet during the exam. I eventually got to this one question, which went something like this. According to name of person, quote by person, do you agree and why? Give a brief biography on the person. Having never heard of him before, I looked him up, getting exactly three relevant results. The first was just the question verbatim. The other two were questions on Q&A sites asking who this person was. One had no activity, the other had one answer. He doesn't exist. Well, he exists, just not by that name. If you're asking this question, you already know who he is. What the actual freak? I would later learn that this person's name was literally an anagram of our professor's name, which is why I'm censoring that in addition to his real name, so I can only assume the question was both asked and answered by him in advance. But I didn't know that at the time. While this would have been a funny joke if it was framed as an extra credit bonus question, it wasn't. It was a serious graded question on our midterm with no indication whatsoever that the biography portion of the question wasn't serious. At a complete loss for words, I decided, fine, if you want a biography for a person who doesn't exist, I'll give you one. After my actual serious response to the quote, I ended up writing this masterpiece of BS. Fake anagram name, born as Lucas Schmidt, which was a random name I made up, was born in the backwater alleyways of your sprung Germany in 1954. Impoverished and orphaned by the age of four, he was taken in by the German Mafia for his pickpocketing skills. Raised to be merely a tool for the Mafia, he scored his first kill by the age of six. This would perhaps be the origin story of some sociopathic serial killer, but everything changed for young Schmidt in 1964 when he stumbled upon a copy of Dr. Seuss's Horton Hears a Who. Touched by its inspiring words, Schmidt had, for the first time, experienced actual human emotion, and now that he had a taste, he knew he could never go back. He fled from the German mafia and hid away in Switzerland, studying literature and philosophy. He began to write about our course's specific branch of ethics, under the pen name fake anagram name, so as to avoid recognition by the German mafia, with hopes of indirectly undermining them without drawing attention to himself. 
And while the story may seem fantastical, it is at least more interesting than he doesn't exist. This ended up being longer than the serious answer I gave on my response to the quote. My professor ended up giving me extra points for making him laugh, so at least he had a sense of humor. Would you guys agree with me when I say that the fact that they gave extra points for making them laugh is actually somewhat of an even more infuriating detail? Not only is this professor going to put this weird trick question on a midterm, but they're willing to alter people's grades based on how funny they are too? Let me know if you agree with me in the comments down below. Our next story is from BigFrame8879. Okay then, we'll do it your way. I worked at a place that had the rules written next to your bench. It was a delivery company. Rules. 1. Sort general mail for 30 minutes. 2. Sort your own mail and prep. 3. Place mail on van for driver to deliver. 4. Get on van and be dropped off at first delivery point. 5. Await pickup at 9.30 from van and return to office. One day, I was overloaded with mail, and only me. I asked the manager if I could be let off general sort, as I had too much work. No, you must do what the rules say. I plead my case that I simply will not be able to get out on time if he does not waive the sort general mail for 30 minutes. He will not budge. I must follow the rules, I'm told. Okay then, I do the general mail sort. By the time I've done all my own prep, the van's left without me. I tell him this, and he asks me to drive the mail out in my own car. I refuse, saying it must be put in a van and delivered by a driver. Okay, says he, but I'll have to wait for the driver to come back and collect it, and me. No problem, says I, but I'm leaving half behind, as I must be picked up by 9.30, and as I'm already late going out, there's no way I can get finished in the allocated time. His face drops. Would I like to go stay out on overtime? No thanks. The next day, I get a rare apology from him for him being inflexible. They that live by the sword can die by it. I absolutely agree with OP on this one. If they're going to give you a hard time about sticking to the rules and only doing what the rules tell you to do, then when they turn around and ask you to do something that isn't following the rules, you can be as equally hard on them about it as they are you. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video has awesome stories, like our next story from Invisible Noodle. You really think we're lying? Well, maybe we are. My mom's sister is very controlling of her daughter, who was 21 when this all happened. She won't let her go out anywhere without her or stay at anyone's house, even family, apart from my place and our grandma's. It's also good to know that my aunt believes in every conspiracy theory imaginable and will very easily think people are lying to her and conspiring against her. One day, my cousin was over to spend a few nights with me. Her mom just dropped her at the house without coming in. My mom happened to be spending the night at her friend's that night as well, which my aunt didn't know of. The next day, my aunt calls her daughter to ask about her. She also asks her about my mom and brother. This brother sometimes doesn't want to see people and avoids them when they come. Everyone in the family knows, but this aunt doesn't really believe it, apparently. My cousin lets her know that she hasn't seen them at all yet. My aunt, furious. How can you not see them? I dropped you at your aunt's. I don't care about you being there for your cousin. My cousin lets her know my mom is coming back later that day. Fast forward to 7pm. It was winter time, so it was night. My mom's not home yet and my aunt calls again saying if my mom doesn't come right now, she'll come take her daughter back, which is really ridiculous. 
also asks to speak to me on the phone saying, Is your mom okay? How can she go out for this long? Is your brother okay? Are you sure he's in his room? I feel something's wrong. You're all lying to me. I try my best to calm her, but nothing happens. A few minutes later, the doorbell rings. It was another relative. Barely a minute later, my mom shows up. We could have very easily told my mom the whole thing and made her call my aunt, but at that point, my cousin and I decided we'll do everything to make my aunt come for nothing, show up, find my mom, and leave. Since she already thinks everything we say is a lie, we just decided to tell her the full truth, while also making what we say sound hard to believe. We tell her my mom's home, but she doesn't believe us, asks us to pass the phone to her, but we tell her we can't. She calls her on her phone, my mom happens to be in the bathroom, calls us back, we tell her the truth. She calls again when my mom's out, but my mom proceeds to say, Oh, it's my sister, I'll call her later, I'm busy with this relative now. Looks like things are happening by themselves. Aunt calls us back, we tell her the truth, she doesn't believe us at all. What are the odds we'd have an unannounced guest now, and my mom decides to not answer? We falsely try to convince her while making the situation sound fake, and now she's on her way. The look on her face when my mom opened the door for her. She exploded at my mom. Why don't you answer the phone, blah blah blah. But trying to do it in a jokingly manner because she should feel embarrassment from making the situation this big. She stayed for a little bit, then left. Of course, my cousin stayed. I've heard of helicopter parents, but somebody who is 21, whose mom is preventing them from going out anywhere or staying at anyone's house except for a couple relatives? There's something really wrong going on here. This next story is from BiddyBoo242. Sure, I'll turn my webcam on. So I, female, recently graduated law school and started my practical legal training. For my PLT, we're supposed to have our web cameras on the majority of the time. However, my daughter's still breastfed, so the reason I do my PLTC online is to care for her. During one session, she was a bit sick and her feeding schedule was off, and I let the lecturer that day know, so when I turned my camera off, everything should have been fine, right? Apparently not because the lecturer called me out in the middle of class and I reminded them of my earlier email. He said that while he agreed to me feeding my daughter, I needed to be in front of the camera with it turned on, so he knew I was paying attention. I turned on my mic and said, I'm currently breastfeeding my daughter, but if you insist, you gotta be prepared for it. He said he did. I turned it on, and he went beet red and his mouth flapped like a fish and said, Okay, turn your camera off till you're done. He didn't comment again if I turned my camera off. Was this guy such a jerk that they didn't believe OP was actually breastfeeding? Did they not expect, you know, to see a baby breastfeeding when OP turned the camera on? Did they expect OP in their own home to have, like, some kind of modesty blanket type scenario? Either way, you saying that you're currently breastfeeding and them to reply, basically, come on, turn the camera on, there's something really inappropriate there. And our final story of the days from Chef Dad 64 You believe residents should get priority over street parking? Okay, no problem. I live in a cul-de-sac where I rent a back house for my landlords. There's another elderly tenant who lived inside the landlord's house I was very close with that we'll call Good Sir. I have these neighbors next to me who I've gotten along with for as long as I'd lived here before the pandemic. The husband, we'll call him Mr. Chill, especially has been cool with me. 
My neighbors have three cars between them. Two belong to Mr. Chill and the wife. We'll call her Mrs. Hypocrite. And the other cars belong to their daughter. We'll call her the Hog. When the pandemic hit, Mr. Chill's family, for reasons that didn't make sense to me, suddenly stopped parking their cars in the driveway and would park them all on the curb in front of their house, as well as the hog taking the spot I usually parked in, more so than her parents did. Finally, after a few months of this going on, I see the hog outside, and I ask her if she wouldn't mind sharing the spot that I used to park at with me, explaining my situation with being overworked and exhausted from my job. She gives me an annoyed look and just responds by saying, I use it. I realize I'm wasting my time, tell her never mind, and go inside. Not even five minutes later, there's a knock at the door and it's good sir, letting me know that the neighbors want to talk with me. Mrs. Hypocrite standing there all pissed looking, asking me what the problem is. I explained to Mrs. Hypocrite what I said to the hog, and she apologizes for coming off so angry and says, You know street parking is what it is, it's first come first serve, and we're not parking to try and give anyone a hard time. The conversation goes nowhere, but we ended peacefully. About a week later, I'm parked in my spot for a change, and my girlfriend comes over to visit with our child. It's summertime, and it's hot. Towards the evening, I get a knock on the door, and it's good sir. He says the neighbors want to talk, and I see Mr. Chill standing right there, and he just asks if my girlfriend could move her car because she's got a bunch of curb behind her car, but not enough for another car to fit. Before I can even say anything, Mrs. Hypocrite shows up out of nowhere and goes off saying, I'm sick of going back and forth about this. She is double parked and there's not enough room for another car to fit. I understand that she's your girlfriend and she's visiting, but I believe that residents should get priority parking first. It looks like you guys are trying to save the parking for yourselves, and I'm not dealing with this anymore. She needs to move her car. I'm in complete shock and have a lot I wanted to say, but I don't, and just go inside to ask my girlfriend to move. She thinks they're hypocrites and moves just because she feels like that's all they have to feel proud of in their lives. The only reason I gave in to them is so my landlords don't get involved and risk it turning into them not wanting to renew my lease with me, otherwise I would have said something. Funny, even though they got pissed at my girlfriend for double parking, the hog is the queen of doing that on our cul-de-sac without Mrs. Hypocrite telling her anything. Last year in November, good sir wasn't doing too well and went into hospice care. He gave me his car as a gift and a thank you for being family to him. I now had two cars, two spots, and an idea. Enter petty malicious compliance. Mrs. Hypocrite said that street parking is first come first serve and that residents should have priority over the parking. Well then, so be it. I only need to use one car, and the other can just stay parked. Since I'm a resident, I decide to park whichever car I'm not using in the spot that I would normally park at, and swap them out every two weeks in rotation. My girlfriend parks where good sir used to. The hog, her boyfriend, and Mrs. Hypocrite have not touched that spot since I started doing this since one of my two cars is always there. As a little bonus too, Mrs. Hypocrite put one of their cars they aren't using back in the driveway, and when there's a party going on and all the parking's taken up, the spot in the front of their house is sometimes open, and since again I am a resident, and the guests have taken all the other spots, well, I guess I do need a spot to park at after all, right? Sorry Mrs. Hypocrite and or the hog, I guess you'll just have to park around the block and take a nice walk to get to your house. 
I'm only following what you believe the parking rules should be. Rest in peace, good sir. I'll miss you every single day. I'll always love you as my own family. To be honest, somebody like Mrs. Hypocrite here coming out and showing their true colors when it favors them makes it so much easier to get a bit of payback on them. Them going and showing their two-faced selves, in my opinion, that makes it more than fair game. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to see another malicious compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.